welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Hi, this is Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. I want to invite you to our upcoming designer experience on Wednesday, May 20th, beginning at noon, when we are taking our cherished conference virtual via Zoom. For the last month, my team and I have crafted the schedule with the same intention, the same passion and personality that we have done with our previous events. While this DX may not be in real life, it will be real and full of life. Highlights include a keynote address from Corey Damon Jenkins, Short design talks with Chad James, Laura Thurman, and Eric Hadel, live painting with Kelly O'Neill, a CEU, and a panel discussion about the state of communications, moderated by Amy Fleury and Krista Nye Nicholas. Throughout the afternoon, we'll be announcing the winners of our gift away raffle, and we'll close out the day with an after-hours party. The cost for the five-hour event and after-party is $49. You can register at designerstoday.com and head to the Events tab, where you will also find a more detailed schedule. A big thank you to our headline sponsors, Cheryl Furniture, Hudson Valley Lighting, High Point Market Authority, and Emily Morrow Home. I hope to see you there. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. This week, my guest is interior designer Shelley Rosenberg. Based in Dallas, Shelley's 20-year career has been built on the premise of living well, an ideology that goes far beyond creating beautiful spaces. As the mother of three children, each with learning differences and special needs, her ability to identify and honor everyone's unique challenges and design requirements has grown exponentially. Shelley's vast experience in this area fostered her niche and the launch of Acorn and Oak, a design business, support community, and philosophy dedicated to underserved populations to whom design could make life-saving improvements. Kelly Cole, one half of the interior design firm Candrack & Cole, was introduced to Shelley Rosenberg by Denise McGehey at one of the first design bloggers conferences. The two are colleagues and friends, and they have traveled together. I asked Kelly to say something about Shelly, and here's what she said. Hi, Jane. It's Kelly Cole with Candrack and Cole Interior Designs. I always knew that Shelly was a classy interior designer, but I discovered her true heart working side by side with her for the last five years in Guatemala. Whether she's loving on babies in an orphanage or she's sweating in the sun building a home for an impoverished family, I saw her deep love, her grit, and determination to make the world a better place for those who have a rough road in life. There's no doubt in my mind that Acorn and Oak will be a great success. Thank you, Kelly Cole with two Ks. She knows what I'm talking about. All right. I first met Shelly Rosenberg on a rainy, cold evening in Atlanta. She had just flown in from Dallas to attend the designer experience. In fact, she was the keynote. I went to her room where we talked for over an hour and got to know each other. The last thing I remember about this friendship-blooming rendezvous, and there was no alcohol, was that I gave Shelley the shirt off my back. Literally, we spoke about meeting for a light workout the next morning, but she didn't pack a t-shirt, and I happened to have had an extra, and I was wearing one under my sweater, so I took it off and I gave it to her. What you're going to hear in this podcast is Shelley's keynote from our November designer experience, where Shelley shares herself authentically, revealing conflicted emotions, her core belief that a beautiful life starts with a safe and healthy foundation, and how the most uncomfortable moments and situations may be the key to your best life. That, followed by a quick catch-up that we recorded just a few days ago. So for now, 
let's go back to the DX Atlanta and let's welcome Shelly Rosenberg to the DX stage. Hi, everybody. So all of the talks that we've had thus far have been a perfect segue because I'm going to be repeating a few things and then also, in a certain way, offering a fresh perspective and almost an opposite per perspective from some of the things that we've heard already. Um, but I'm just so happy to be here. So I'll start out with telling you what happened in 2012. So I'm pregnant with my third child and I'm thrown one of the greatest challenges of my life. My baby was prenatally diagnosed with Down syndrome. I was immediately advised to abort. And I was shocked and scared and angry. I needed time to think, so my husband and I left town to kind of contemplate our situation and decide what we were gonna do with this information. What I didn't realize at the time how could I know, looking back, um, was that in reconciling whether or not to terminate this pregnancy, I almost threw away the career of my dreams. So I'm willing to assume that many of you might be doing the same thing. And how could I dare say that? I think it's because as human beings, when we have profound challenges, we often tend to shrink down instead of rising up. But here's what I've learned. Your greatest challenges, your most uncomfortable and sticky situations really might hold the key to living your best life. Our struggles can reveal our authentic path. And I think the key is really to dive deep. So let's revisit a little bit some of the issues that we're dealing with as interior designers today. We've all been grappling for this for a while now, and thankfully you all have, we've, we've, we're gonna revisit a few of these. I mean, we've got the web. It's almost obliterated our exclusivity. The secrecy that we kept, you know, about interior design to the vest is now, it's out there, everybody's doing design. Um, we've lost our expertise in a certain sense. Retail stores sell at high volume and deep discounts. They offer constant sales. They give away interior design hours for free. You know the drill. The internet giants are our competitors, and there's e-design, public access to products, YouTube with DIY videos, and even the TV shows that we've talked about that convince our clients that, yes, they can have a soup-to-nut project you know, in, in a week's time. So how does everybody react to all of that pressure? Well, we've talked a little bit about different things we can do, but in general, it's, it's a sense of irritation and even resentment maybe even fear. So is our industry going to fold? Will our work go away? Will our money dry up? Will millennials even understand what custom design is? And I want to know if Restoration Hardware really thinks they're going to rule the world <laughs> because I feel like that's where they think they're going. But we get so freaked out that we start to really go wide and we start to spread ourselves thin, looking for that edge. We think we'll blog to show how smart we are, or we'll get thousands of followers on Instagram and hundreds of likes, maybe do a podcast, maybe write a book, video our daily lives to show how professional we are behind the scenes. Um, and really what makes me sad is taking on a bunch of clients that are too small and, and not who we deserve because we're afraid we're not going to land the big ones. So I know already from listening before how many of you think that these fears are holding you back a little bit. And even more, how many of you have secret fears that really keep you up at night? Yeah, me too. So I've considered all those ideas and they're all valid. But one thing that has really hit home for me is in facing your fears, you invite empowerment. And empowerment comes from choosing only what is authentic to you. So once my son was born and I got through the difficult first few years, I decided it was time to reclaim my career. I was ready to go back to work. Mind you, now I had three kids with special needs. I have two older daughters that had numerous learning differences, ADHD, anxiety issues. It was, it's a long list. But they were at a special school and I had experts and so I felt I had it handled. Um, I wanted to make my mark in interior design. I felt like 
I needed to be in the luxury sector. I had a big ego about where I thought I was gonna, where I was gonna be. So I came up with a solution to try to bridge this gap between raising my children who needed me desperately and working in the interior design world. So I just worked for other successful designers. It was genius. I could have all of the luxury design that I wanted and I'd have no stress related to owning my own business. While the kids were in school, I'd put as many hours in as possible and get a few extra gigs on the side. I wrote articles for design magazines. I styled for photo shoots. I wrote blog copy for other designers. I was a working supermom, and I was hustling, and I was exhausted. <laughs> My ego didn't want to let go, and this juggle went on for years. While my kids battled the daily grind of their school and home life melting down, I was Instagramming French antiques, and as I listened to fellow moms struggle about sleep and relaxation, I was trying to sell someone else's clients custom bedding and designer sheets. You see where I'm going with this. I was exhausted. My work was not resonating with me anymore. I was frustrated and really, really tired. Um, and you would think I would have taken a pause at this point, but no. I decided to continue to look outward for meaning in my work. And one day I saw two really dynamic interior designers going to another country to build simple shelters for hom the homeless. And I thought, okay, this is perfect. This is the perfect way for me to find more meaning in my work. I was over the moon and so off I went to Guatemala. And I've done it for years now with Joanne and Kelly, who are sitting here in the audience, the, the work that they do in Guatemala is phenomenal. It's an amazing experience. And it still wasn't my answer. So by this time, my son had already ignited a small fire in me. He was not delivering the typical milestones that we get so excited about with our kids. He didn't eat or sit up or walk or talk for years later than what other kids do. The communication was really the hardest part. Even though we had some signs, we did sign language together, he could rarely tell me what he needed. And there was a marathon, years of crying and meltdowns and tantrums, and it was really stressful. So what do you do with that? Well, you start guessing. And I got hypervigilant about the stressors or triggers that would set him off, and I got really good with setting the stage and the environment so that I could get my son into a happy place, a place where I could engage and actually spend time with him. So in essence, my son Ronan started to teach me how to change the environment to suit him best. But I still needed some help. So I was looking around for different therapies, and I found one that looked really promising. I read a book on this therapy, and the author happened to live in Dallas, where we, where we live, and so I started taking Ronan to this clinic. The philosophy cut through everything else that we had tried. We'd done the traditional speech therapy, occupational therapy. Um, nothing was working the way that I really wanted it to, and this therapy kind of went down to the root of what his issues were, his sensory processing system. The cool thing about the sensory processing system is we all operate from one. We all have it, and we all have different tolerances and preferences, but that's different from a child or an adult who does not have the ability to change their environment to get themselves comfortable. So I started approaching design in my own home through this lens of sensory perception, and it started working. And there's just nothing better than connecting with your child when you haven't been able to. I started using it on my daughters, too, and they were at that really bratty preteen stage. So this was very helpful to kind of re-engage with my daughters, and it was working with them. And then I started talking to other moms with kids with special needs and sharing some of my little tips and tricks that I was sort of figuring out. And it just started growing from there. My good friend Amanda actually has a little girl with Rett syndrome. She's five years old, she can't speak, she can't walk. She has limited movement and she also has very serious tremors. It's more pronounced when she's tired and Amanda was telling me that several nights a week 
she'd trim her so so hard in her bed at night that she'd wake herself up crying. And then the parents are up and the family's up, and so you can imagine there's not a lot of sleep that's happening there. So when I shared the information about this sensory system, Amanda and I were able to determine that Virginia was sensory seeking. She needed something that would soothe her nervous system during the night. So I'd been studying weighted vests and blankets um, through these different therapy clinics and uh, how they can calm the nervous system. So I brought a blanket over and she slept through the night like a champ. And it was really magic for that family. And it was exciting for me. And I still have yet to get that weighted blanket back. Um, but it's life-changing for these families. And so now I'm working on a prototype for a weighted blanket that is the size that would fit into a wheelchair so that she uses an ocular device, a retinal device now, where she can speak through that. And the weighted blanket that she can carry with her and travel with her um, makes it easier for her to communicate. I also recently found a community of moms um, through, a through an app called Wolf and Friends. And they asked me to write an article, and here's what they wanted the title to be. How do you get your child with ADHD to sit down and do their homework? <laughs> so I went through all the different components that parents can manipulate in their own home environment um, to alter behavior, to influence their child's behavior. And the moms are all over this. So I learned all this through the sheer desperation of trying to help kids who are physically struggling to feel at peace in their environment. But you don't have to do that. You can just talk to your clients and ask them what their preferences are, which you already do. And you can really deepen that relationship with them and be able to have a more conducive environment for their overall success. I think it's a way that designers can become really even more invaluable to their clients. I mean, most of our clients know what feels good and what doesn't, but do they really understand that you all, we are the conscious creators of those environments and that we are the gatekeepers to not only live well, but to really, really thrive? I think if you expand your knowledge into the human sciences, this information is so available to you, you're really going to add value and deepen your reach with your current clients. And special needs children is not going to be, you know, working with these kind of kids is not for everybody. But there's so many different ways that you can use the sensory system, and there's several other systems actually, vestibular, proprioceptive, I could go on. Um, but there are ways that you can deepen your reach and create new pockets of clients. Uh, for example, guide CEOs that you know to greater productivity and success. Show small businesses and how to increase their, their efficiency. Teach families how to live in greater harmony with each other. Consult schools on how to engage students and improve scores. There's research about how the environment can do these things, and it's out there for you. Show spas or dental clinics how to calm a client's nervous system or direct corporations on how to humanize large campuses like Apple's doing or Amazon. At the very least, recognize this, which I'm sure you do know. 76 million people in our country are baby boomers, and they'll have 56% of our discretionary wealth in this country. And as we age, most of our challenges have to do with the sensory processing system and how it degrades over time. The amount of stimulus that we need to, um, to be able to react is called threshold. And as our, our threshold increases as we age, and so this leads to all kinds of challenges, not only with aesthetics and what we can tolerate or enjoy, but also with safety. So really learning how to address aging in place is a lot more than putting grab bars in a bathroom. Um, it's a good bet to boosting your career. But here's my point. Interior designers do so much more than create pleasurable environments. We set the stage for how people live their lives. Our work is at the very heart of how others experience their environment and the world around them. And we are most effective, honestly, when we're sharing this from our personal experience. So I invite you to carve out some time and look at what challenges you're having. See what might be holding you back, but see where there's a key to becoming a more authentic you. I believe that going niching deep is 
so important. And it will bring you to the job that's most authentically you. A slice of life that you already know like the back of your hand offers you a perfect segue to a more fulfilling career and a life that makes a unique contribution, your distinct contribution to the world. So take a calculated risk and consider adding value, going narrow and deep in a field that you love and know well. So and my, my final uh, comment will be that I am a little bit of a nervous speaker, and so I was practicing this with my husband over and over and over again, and I finally asked him, so what did you learn? Tell me, like, what's my feedback? What do you want to tell me? And he said, you know, it's a lot of good information, um, but instead of learning it, I think I would just, just hire you. <laughs> so... I was like, okay, that's an option. So um, I'd really love to know what you all think. I don't know how many people in the room have ever worked with a client with special needs or disability. Um, anybody out there? Because I'd, I'd love to hear about it. Oh, good. That's, that's great. Because I have a book in mind. I'd really love to put together a beautiful coffee table book of interior designers that have done work for this unique population, and I think very underserved population. So thank you. I'd love to hear questions. Yes, absolutely. Comments First would be all, great. Um, just thank you so much uh, for everything you've said. Um, I think you have hit on something that we all have to be more aware of. I actually did a project as a contractor. And it had to do with a man that had been in Vietnam. He's an older gentleman, and he has a lot of disabilities. And I was told to go in and just build some ADA cabinets. But once I talked to the man, I realized they didn't have a clue. And it was like what you were saying. People just don't know. And what I ended up doing was building him a station. Instead of cabinets, I built a whole station, and I put um, pantries with pullouts. And the man was in tears. So I just think when you and I were talking earlier, follow your heart. You are wonderful. And I think that you are opening a door and you found a niche that is so needed because there are a lot of people with disabilities. And just thank you so much. Thank you. And I do want to bring up, too, that, that another thing that's very important to me, there's so many invisible um, disabilities out there. So it's really not just about ADA, the width of your doorways, um, grab bars, things like that. I mean, there's so many people out there that have psychological barriers that they deal with all day long, and um, just bringing peace to those people is, is another thing to think about, too. Thank you, Shelly. That was wonderful. And I didn't raise my hand because I was thinking of an individual client, but I've done a lot of work at the Shepherd Center, and I started off volunteering there. So for everybody here, we're all talking about sharing ideas, but that's a great way to get clients. Some of my dear friends I volunteered with when I was 20 are now some of my best clients. But they also put a panel of designers together to do sort of a show house, if you will. So I designed the, um, the volunteers room because I was the only person in the group that actually volunteered there ever. But I had to design the desk for the special needs of this one man who reports there every day in his wheelchair to volunteer. So we made him a special desk to his size and what he would like. And then um, there were there were definitely things we had to do especially for them, but I never thought through my volunteer work I would end up working there for the people that actually need it the most. And then I did the waiting room also from there. And um, just, just the things that they go through on a daily basis to think they can actually live in this great place, but Shepherd Center is a great place to volunteer, too, and if you haven't taken a tour, Alana Shepherd takes tours through, but um, they also taught us not to lean down and speak to someone in a wheelchair. Mm. This is your natural stance, standing. That's your natural stance, sitting, and I learned that in my 20s, and I can't tell you it's just been invaluable always. But thank you for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. I mean, it's so important that we learn these things, but unless you're forced into it like I was, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily know or care either. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the point about the niche and looking at what you struggle with because honestly, I kept trying to separate my family life with these demanding children from my interior design job that was supposed to be all about luxury and beauty and I could maybe escape that world, but it, it doesn't work that way. And honestly, when I let it kind of come together, that's where my business has just really taken off. I'm, I'm just really enjoying the awareness part of it especially. So thanks for having me here. Hey, Kelly. Jo <laughs> Joanne and I had a client one time 
with a very uh, autistic son. And her struggle, we were going to redesign her family room, but her main struggle was that he was getting tall enough where he would bang on the TV and try and yank it down. So we were creating, we needed to create a custom cabinet that locked so that he couldn't touch the TV. And then there were other sensory things that he needed. And we really did our best based on just what we knew from having experience and movies we'd watched and whatever, but we, but we were total amateurs. If I could have called you and paid for a couple hours of your design help or even connected you with my client, I mean, I'm thinking about like diversifying services and all the things that you could do virtually or via Skype or what have you to assist the design community because we'll, you know, I'll never have the skills that you have. Um, but I, I felt a disservice to that client because it wasn't my expertise. But if I had, like, kind of called you in, like I would call in my drapery workroom or all of my other artisans and resources, and you would just be one of them, then I really could have done a better job for that client. Thank so, you. So, yeah, that's a I mean, huge gift there's to so me. much Thank you, you. <laughs> There's so, so many places that you can take this. Well, my oldest is 21. I have had a lot of experience. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much because it's just, it's so important. And really, there's so many just little things that we can do to make a huge, huge difference. As you were speaking, I was thinking in terms of a lot of the clients that I've had, and I'm sure other people have had, that have been labeled red flag clients. And I think a lot of that is maybe that they're not, totally on the spectrum, but they need something, and I'm specifically thinking of my husband who has a cow if I move the Tupperware from one drawer to another, and he's not diagnosed with anything, but there are clients that have that, and that would be great to have some sort of tools and resources um, to just not throw the baby out with the bathwater and not label these clients as bad clients, but certainly to help them through the anxiety process, which is similar. I would think, to some degree, but not as extreme. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I think with anybody, uh, reviewing expectations for someone that's highly sensitive is but important. they may not know. Sometimes you don't know that mm. something is triggering them until it's done. So well, that's true. I mean, in the case with the children, ledge. you have right. to really watch, and that's where somebody like me can come in and say, these are the kind of signs that you would look for mm -hmm. if they're struggling <laughs> with texture or maybe the temperature in the room is not appropriate for, for what they need to be doing. Um, so, I mean, it, it, is, it is hard, but, but there is a process that you can kind of look at the situation and kind of narrow down whether you mm -hmm. think they're sensory avoiders or sensory seekers, and there's ways to kind of do that. So maybe what I need to do is create some kind of a, a downloadable e-booklet or something for you all to be able to take that process to your own clients and, and be able to do that with them yes. because they're the ones, they trust you. You, you have know, a lot of me. opportunity here. I, I yeah. really think Absolutely. that this is very needed. Well, what's, what makes me so frustrated is that some of these families, I mean, there's high stress in these homes and they need interior design more than anyone else. I mean, they need a haven. They need a place to rest. They need a refuge. And they're, they're, their environments are so chaotic, just like their lives in the outside world, that I, it just breaks my heart. Can't imagine how they are, they are functioning. Well, I just wanted to thank you because my father was in a wheelchair for 45 years before he passed away, and I never knew him any other way but in a wheelchair because when my mom was pregnant, that's when a tree fell on his back and broke his back and he was paralyzed. So I already knew I never bent down to talk to him. I never knew, and you know, I knew all these things, but I, I guess you just, a light just went off when you said that because, you know, that could have been something I've gone into knowing that that's and a disability that I lived with with my father, but he never saw it as a disability. I mean, he learned how to create a business in a wheelchair, and that's how I got my spirit of entrepreneurship. So, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think yeah. just taking a different perspective, looking at the world with empathizing eyes and seeing it from a new way can give you a whole, I think, different different portion of your, of your business, uh, no matter whether that's disability or not. Hey, Shelly. Thanks for being here and sharing with us. So my question is kind of twofold. One is, as you were creating this new niche for your company, how did you go about marketing this 
because most people were probably like, what is this? You're doing what? So did you basically just put it in all of your programming? How did you do that? First question. Second question is, is how did you basically anchor yourself for the Bravity? Because you were really brave. Like, how did you anchor yourself and your business and your family? Because that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> um, as far as how did I anchor, I think I, I got to a place of, of desperation and frustration. I didn't want to give up my interior design career, mm -hmm. and I needed to spend more time with my son and my daughters, even though they're a little bit older and um, getting more independent. I had to find a way to smash the two together, yeah. and so it just sort of kind of started happening um, because I have a passion for both. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was scared scary to tell other designers that this was what I was going to do. I mean, you have to kind of check your ego and say, you know, I'm going to niche and I'm going to take a stand and do this. And um, it was a little scary. But interestingly enough, um, without being too woo-woo, I, I feel like once I made that decision and it's so authentically me that things have just been coming to me. I haven't done any marketing. I mean, my website is still soft launch. Um, I have a lot of things in the works that aren't even public yet. So, um, and here I am. But I think it's really, um, this message needs to get out and there's a wave of inclusivity and I think universal design and other concepts that are more high level, but they're so important. Um, our society needs to really start looking at these things, and so it just gets me all fired up. And so I make it work, <laughs> just like you guys do. If you're really loving what you're doing, it doesn't feel that hard. You did an amazing job. Um, I've obviously been following your journey for a while, and when you launched the website, I sent it to everybody I know, and I have Thank four you. friends with kids with special needs at different levels. And... I look at all four of them who their homes need so much help. <laughs> one I'm helping with here because all four of them can't afford interior design. Right. And that's the thing. So I look mm -hmm. at the one that's got a child with Downs and they need it the most, but they're in surgery after surgery after, you know, all these things. So how do you look at it without wanting to help everybody when, you know, you got to monetize your own business, but yet... You want to oh, help it's people too. It's a hard balance, right? It really is. And I, I did have to hire. So I want to say I'm not doing all this by myself. I hired the Dev Agency in Dallas. And they're helping they're me. They're amazing. They're helping me get really clear. And um, I, I'm learning to delegate and, and give away all those things that I'm not good at. Um, but I do have a membership site that I've put together for people to join that will have, it will sort of be a digital resource. I mean, really, if I fantasize, if I could be like the goop of, you know, special needs families or um, universal design, that would be amazing. But um, this membership site, I think, will give people the opportunity to get information from an interior designer that's, you know, laser-like to, to what they're going through uh, without a big expense. In fact, I'm, maybe you guys can advise me. I, I need coaching, actually, about whether or not to charge for this because I really go back and forth on just letting this be a free and natural community to make sure that nobody is left out because this information is so important. It just really is. And I think I can chunk it down into bite-sized pieces that are small enough that an average family won't feel overwhelmed but empowered. That's really the, the whole point of this. So, Thanks for asking. Well, the microphone was right here, so I wrote down a few things. Um, last night when you and I were talking, you mentioned, we, we've talking a lot here about like cabinetry and sort of, you know, s the built environment, but you also were talking about air quality and water quality. And so could you just say a few things to that? Um, sure. Um, there is a concept that I've been rolling around in my head on health before beauty, because we can all have beautiful homes, but what is the air quality like in that house? What is the water quality like? Um, you know, what are the toxins that we've brought into the home through all the different chemicals in the fabrics and the foams and the glues and the carpeting? And so it, that's another part of what I'm trying to teach. And I certainly would never want a family to feel, you know, I've got this special needs child and, and, and now I feel guilty because you've just pointed out every, every chemical that I'm exposing my child to. But I do think that we have an opportunity now that we have science behind um, how interior design can affect wellness and health through aesthetics, but there's so much more behind that as well. 
And I just think that's also, for kids that are already compromised, it's pretty imperative that the basics are covered. And so really I'd love to, to be able to teach everybody how to have a, a healthier, safer home before we even get to making it look pretty. But we all know aesthetics mean a lot too. And that's really the fun part too. And the other thing that we also spoke about was, and you kind of mentioned this, but we're talking about the for those who are differently able, you know, pr providing the, the right environment for them, but then the caregivers also need their retreat and their refuge. Absolutely. Um, several of the moms that I've worked with have said, okay, well, that's great for the kids, but I need the weighted blanket and I need, I need a refuge. I need a haven. I need a deadbolt on my door, you know, whatever it is. Um, you're so right. I mean, that's, that's something that I go in really thinking about the child and trying to empower that child and teach the parents how to meet that child where they are. Um, but I do often end up, like we all do, you, we all end up counseling our clients on some level. Uh, but yeah, the moms really need to feel not only like they're supported, but that they have permission to think about themselves for a change because they're thinking about that child nonstop. So I was sitting here thinking that a lot of people just think interior design is all about luxury and, and things that are beautiful. And they forget about the functionality and how, how it makes you feel, like the other senses. And that's another thing that I guess people just need to be educated about because, you know, we don't just make a beautiful space. There's so much more that we do that I don't think people really even realize. Well, that's why I was hoping that if I could educate colleagues, then you can go into your client and say, yes, I'm going to make a beautiful experience for you, and I'm going to make this beautiful home. And did you also know that by having a home water filtration system, you're going to, um, you know, benefit your health? I mean, there's, there's a lot of scary information out there about what's really in our water, in our air. Um, it's kind of a rabbit hole that I don't, I don't want to go down too far to scare anybody, but I just feel like it is a niche that can, can literally be an addendum to what you're already doing. Um, there was another designer in Dallas that I was talking to about this, and she said that her mother has had Alzheimer's for 18 years, and she's had to go in and redo this woman's home, her mother's home, three or four times as the disease has progressed because the needs keep changing and the safety issues keep getting bigger. And uh, I mean, that, that's a perfect niche for her. She's been living it for 20 years. She could easily start to collect clients to kind of teach them. And, and that sympathy or that empathy factor is there because she's got that experience. Doesn't mean that's all she has to do, but that is a specialization and a niche that could just give her another segment of her business. Yeah. I just wanna say, I think it's so awesome what you're doing. Um, and I definitely think you can be the goop of this. One million percent. Do y'all think she can be the goop? Of, like, for yeah. sure, you already oh are. Oh, my God. I f I'm just in my eyes, see it so completely for you. I definitely think that you should be paid for this. And I also don't know how much it really is truly a niche. Like, I remember a time this past summer where most of my clients had children on the autistic spectrum. And um, I, you know, I'm sure y'all have had a similar experience that I now know that not to pull lighting fixtures with exposed bulbs in those households because they overstimulate. So, you know, I think that the whole, you're in a much larger stream of everybody learning about these things. Um, and I think, you know, it's my understanding now that they, like California is gonna start enforcing codes of making sure that, um, child labor is, in, is, is not part of, of goods coming into the United States and things like that. I think, you know, we're all going to be learning all of this um, in so many levels. And I just think it's going to be tricky to delineate because you have so much expertise in already in so many different areas. And I can just see you having different categories, you know, you know uh, how to light a household when aut autistic children are involved or I can really see it, and I absolutely think you should go forward in that direction, and I'm just super inspired by it, and I think that I don't even know if it's really going to be a niche, but I'd say more power to you. Thank you. Unfortunately, the, um, the amount of kids that are being diagnosed with autism and other genetic issues is on the rise. Kids with cancer, I cannot tell you how many little kids with cancer I personally know. Um, unfortunately, it is a growing segment of the population. Um, so you're right. In a, in a sad sense, it may not be so niche anymore, um, but, but just so important. And I just realized I forgot to do my slides. 
Y'all, I was so nervous. This is my son, Ronan, and he's the light of my life, and um, he's just been my greatest teacher. And I, I have to admit, I mean, I really resented. I resented this diagnosis, and I felt um, frustrated that I'm thinking, why can I not have one normal child? <laughs> why can I not have one neurotypical child? But that's just not my destiny. And these kids have taught me so much. And um, rising up and diving deep, that's really what I feel like uh, I've finally figured out how to do. We know that interior design is not becoming obsolete. I think we've all proven that. But that's the fear. And I do think facing your fears obviously leads to empowerment. So deepen that reach. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, it's Jane again. Don't forget to check out what we've got planned for the upcoming designer experience on Wednesday, May 20th from 12 to 5. Go to the events tab at our website, designerstoday.com, to get our full schedule for the day and to register. One unprecedented event deserves another. The designer experience. This time, it's virtual. I hope you'll join us. Hello. Hi, Shelly. How are you? I'm good. I just want to catch up with you because the designer experience was six months ago, and that's, that's a right. long time, and not only in, in months, but in what's happened. So I want to find out, um, how are you and your family, first of all? We're doing great. We really are. It's been a roller coaster of emotions, as you know, and a lot of adjustment, but we are well, which is the most important thing, so... Doing well. Thank good, you. Good. Um, tell tell me about your business. When when you spoke at the DX, because I listened to it um, yesterday again, you were um, thinking about at that point with your business, Acorn and Oak. You were thinking about a membership. You weren't sure. You were about to yes. debut some product, but now you have product. And so, where are you with your business? Right. Well, when we met in Atlanta, I had just come from India and I felt so bolstered by that trip. And um, the event in Atlanta was so empowering to me. Everyone was so supportive and could really relate to the topics that I shared. And I think really the, um, the key topic that we discussed in Atlanta is so relevant still. In fact, maybe even more relevant now than ever because we talked about exploring the option of a niche mm -hmm. or at least a niche marketing and kind of capitalizing on your unique strengths and your life experience and whether or not you could really take that experience and dive a little deeper into a specific area of design to create something that's set apart a little bit from everybody else. And then we also kind of discussed my niche and how I was moving toward sort of focusing on better health and wellness, like how we as designers are such gatekeepers of better health and wellness. And I think we don't always realize that, right. but we are, and especially now, not only do we create just beautiful spaces that are aesthetically pleasing, but everything that we do as designers really promotes and fosters, um, you know, better sleep and efficiency, better health, and of course, bolstered immune systems, which is what we need so much right now. I mean, that's imperative, right? Yeah. The immune system is the hot topic Yes. right now. Yeah, I think that it's a chance for designers to really get educated and be authorities in this in this um, area, you know, and really guide their clients towards better yeah, living. I think, yeah, I agree with you. We take it for granted that we do that, but I don't know that we market ourselves in that manner and really teach our clients. Um how we can measure the success now. Um, and so, yes, I, I really have moved forward on that membership site. Mm -hmm. There are so many people in my sort of special needs and disability population that can't necessarily afford a traditional interior design project. And I just feel so strongly that design needs to be accessible to all. So for me, that sort of looks like a membership site. And now that we're dealing with COVID-19 and this quarantine, I've decided just to gift right. my content for now, mm -hmm. um, just to kind of 
for me to build up a really strong library of content and then for others to start to give me feedback so that over time I can really, you know, kind of hone in on what is needed. You know, I, I think I know, uh, but it's really nice to get that feedback from people that would be paying for this membership and want to participate in this community to kind of give me feedback right. on what they want that to look like. So I've, I've moved forward with the membership site. So if someone wants to get in on this content, all they have to do is go to acornandoak.com and just subscribe to the newsletter. Is there a difference between some of the things that, that you deal with every day, some of the things that some clients might be wondering, and pandemic special needs? I'm just curious. Is there an exaggeration? What has come or, up for me? Yeah, what's come yes, up? Yes. I mean, I think there's such a need during the pandemic, during this sheltering in place to have rooms that serve multi-purposes and that really support these kids, specifically like playrooms or sensory rooms. I know that's kind of a growing field. It's something I've been interested in, but now more than ever, I really want to look into how to create spaces where kids can let out their physical energy. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to even go to our playground. We have a beautiful park just a few houses down the street. And, and, you know, my son really doesn't understand why we can't go play. Right. And, you know, jump around and be physical on that playground. It breaks my heart. And so I actually decided to order a trampoline for him just to give him another outlet. And do you know what's so funny is the trampoline company that I contacted has been in business. I want to say they said around 40 years and never in their history have they been sold out of product? Isn't that but they crazy? Are. Mm-hmm. They are. And there's an eight week lead time for a trampoline. So I think giving these kids or adults too, you know, a ton of my uh, girlfriends are now buying the Peloton bike so yep. that they can do this at home. I think it's changing the way we spend our physical energy too. We have to find more ways at home to support not only our mental rest and refuge, but, but how we're going to exercise and release stress. Mm. Gosh, I mean, it's listening to you. I'm getting so excited. I'm very excited for interior designers and decorators I am in, too. in this new climate. Oh, there's so much opportunity. If you, if you love working on home offices, I mean, that's going to be bigger and bigger. As my husband and I have experienced productivity on Zoom versus him getting on an airplane you know, twice a week, mm-hmm. every week for years, he, he always commuted. And now he's, he's saying to me, I'm so much more efficient. Things are getting done so much more quickly, not having to wait on, oh, well, the next time you come into town, we'll meet. Now it's like, no, let's just get on Zoom tomorrow and get this done. Right. And so he's enjoying being at home and being able to spend more time with his son, not being on the road. That in essence also, I think is, is good for your immune system. That travel can really be tough. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, there are good things about building home gyms and exercise rooms are more important than ever. Finding ways to do more recreational activities, maybe art rooms, yoga rooms, you know, there, there's so much that interior designers can can find to just niche into whatever they're into and they're excited about, I think is a great way to just niche market. It doesn't mean that's all that they do, but they definitely can reach a new segment of the population and create new clients right. by just incorporating, you know, their own hobbies and, and um, you know, things that they enjoy doing yep. into design business for others. Shelly, what's your, um, what part of your home are you working in? Do you have a designated home office or have you taken a part of another room? My home office is sort of connected to our mudroom which I don't, I don't like that decision. I'm back by the laundry room in the garage and it's not a very inspiring place. So I won't do that again. Okay. Um, but I, um, I like to work in my bedroom. It's beautiful. It's up on the second floor. It's kind of like a tree house. I have gorgeous trees that I can see and lots of natural light. But then if my husband or my kids are in here, I've also have a guest bedroom that I escape to. And it feels like maybe I'm in a hotel or somewhere somewhere a little removed. Right. It's just a place that's more mine. So yeah, sometimes I, I scoot around the house. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll go set up on the dining room table because my dining room is beautiful. We're not using it as much lately. Yeah. So, a big table sounds pretty darn good. And as, yeah. and as far as design projects. Really, um, we have to just be so careful. The kids with special needs are already compromised. So, you know, I've done some, some Zoom calls, some question and answer sessions with different clients 
Um, but I've also kind of used this time to just let families be together and enjoy their time. I think that parents with special needs kids are just always on the go and we're running from therapy to school to, you know, all around. And it's, it's really nice just to, just to be on pause with my son and just enjoy him. And so I have used this time also to kind of just prepare for what's coming um, and not to, not to really solicit business as much as just talk to my friends and find out from moms how they're coping and what they might need as we kind of come out of this and we're able to, to actually work together a little bit better in person, what I can start preparing for them right. for when they're ready. Right. Well, you know, Dallas is um, anticipating a lot of interesting design functions in the fall. I so. know. I'm very excited. It's, it's, it's exciting, a little nerve wracking. I'm hoping that we don't get too excited and then we have cancellations, but we'll hope for the best. Right. I mean, with first of all, Dallas Market um, announcing its opening of market in late August and the Kips Bay, right? Yes. Kips Bay Showhouse. And then we have um, a Dallas design fair that's coming that will be hosted by several of the gentlemen who put on the West Edge Design Fair mm-hmm. in LA. So that's exciting as well. And then Paper City, which is a, a local Texas publication, always puts on a, a really fabulous um, Texas Design Week in Dallas and Houston as and, well. And as of now, are you scheduled to do anything special with any of those events? Yes, I am working with um, Josh Cooperman at Convo, Convo by Design. I'll be on his podcast tomorrow actually I'm not sure when it will when it will be scheduled but um, we're already talking about how I can participate in content for that Dallas design fair Mm -hmm. so I'm very excited about that I can't wait for Kips Bay I'm not sure if I'm ready to do a show house but I sure would love to put it out there that I would I would really love to see an accessible bedroom and or bathroom done in a really elegant and beautiful way so that most people wouldn't even know that it's an accessible bathroom. I'd love to see what Kips Bay is all about and then maybe pitch them something for the next year. Hopefully they'll have a really good experience in Dallas and come back. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be great. I mean, fingers crossed that, it, that it's all yeah. going to go off, you know, um, but I'm excited to come to town for that. So it'll give us Me a chance too. to see each other, hopefully. And I would love that. Yes, we, the, the long-awaited time together, you know, with our masks on or whatever the heck. I mean. Oh, my goodness. I know. Well, that's going to be fun, too. It's just talk about a new a new industry, designer masks. I mean, I can't wait to, like, pull all of my old fabric samples and start making some beautiful masks for myself. I do think it's going to be a part of our culture Yep. for, for many, many months to come. Yep. And it'll be like, you know, should I wear this mask with this outfit or this one? Exactly. Or, um, yeah, I've I seen some, right. and different styles, not just different fabrics, <laughs> but different, definitely the evening style and things like that. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Well, I'm. Someone should do a new play on a masked ball. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That could be fun. That'll probably happen at one of the, one of our shows, one of our it events. It certainly might. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Um, Shelly, thank you. You're so welcome for coming on and um, good luck with everything. And I'll be in touch. Thank you. You okay. as well. Stay well. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to said. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.